0: From Studio 113, this is the Changing Energy Podcast, recorded at Wake Electric. Ah, questions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. We asked if Maria was ready for that before she says ready <laughs> and that's what we got yeah <laughs> welcome to episode 24 of the changing energy podcast and you might have missed the fact that uh sean was here to say ah questions and instead yep. we got ah question <laughs> try to get maria
0: Uh, Questions.
1: That That was his Halloween. That's that's the one
0: I think of. That's why I said it that way.
1: Halloween's next month. Okay, we are are, we're in a goofy mood, but we're gonna. It's Friday. A new episode and one that we've been promising and hadn't gotten to yet. But this is going to be a questions episode. We've received questions from a couple people that we are going to highlight. We are going to highlight in today's episode. And that's pretty much going to take us uh, mm-hmm. through the next uh, little bit twenty
2: thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Let's uh, yeah. let's hope it does. How's everybody doing though?
0: Feeling good. Well doing Friday. good.
1: Yeah, doing good. Yeah. It is Friday. That's right. Anything, Pay week. Anything new? <laughs> Pay week. <laughs> <laughs> good. Kirk got paid. Went to
2: the. I went, uh, went to a concert last night. It was good. Right? Was so, it a lot of watts? Yes. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It was rocking. It, it. It. It was loud. <laughs> I mean, booms.
0: Did you take a photograph?
2: Um, I did. I did. Were you I, acting like an animal? No, nah, I mean, you know, I, I was... Like a you, rock star? Yeah, yeah. I mean, God, y'all
1: sound like Nickelback, all this <laughs> photograph and <laughs> rock star. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maria, everything good in your world? You're now two and a half months in?
0: No, more than that, I think, now. I think it's. Whoa. I think we passed three months, okay. I think.
1: What's been the highlight so far?
0: Mm. I mean, I think it's a little on the nose to say the podcast, oh. but you know, <laughs> on I the know nose. That, that's been fun. <laughs> I um, <love> it. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't. There's been a lot, so but yeah, I'd say the podcast is definitely up there. Just you know, getting in there, doing different stuff every day. Literally walking yes. to work, and I and I don't know who's gonna walk by my office and, and say and I ask need me something. something. Yeah,
1: yep. Yep. <laughs> but you're a great writer. You've been great, uh, great putting stuff together, great with the website. So absolutely. You're a great improvement to our organization. So, well, let's uh, let's jump into a question. I think the first question we take is from David. Someone want to read that?
0: I'll do it since you looked at me. Well, I got to get my
2: glasses.
1: <laughs> on. Okay,
0: well then I have LASIK, so I'll go ahead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, this question is from David Peoples. We got this via our email. The question is Would we be able to get our hands on some infrastructure bill money to purchase land to place EV charging stations on to better serve our members? Of course, I have no idea if that is a money maker or a money loser, but thought
1: I would ask. That's a good question. Great question. There is a lot of money mm-hmm. available. Now, if we want to talk about that, the Infrastructure and Investment and Jobs Act of 2022 had a Big section carved out with what was called NEVI, which is the National Electric Vehicle Infrastructure mm-hmm. Plan, and uh, it set aside, and I'm getting my va- my uh, consonants right, seven point five billion mm-hmm. in EV infrastructure, and that is made available to anybody that wants to go apply and, and improve the infrastructure has to, it has to be approved and has to be accepted. And obviously that would be appealing, right. Yeah. right to, right. to people to know that it's, it's paid for. And so I wanted to just hit that a little bit. First of all, you know, our, our plan thus far has been to just educate our members about EVs and charging at home yep. and when the right time mm-hmm. to charge mm-hmm. was you know, that's one thing that you have to consider when you're a rural electric cooperative like ourselves. A lot of the charging is going to be at home.
2: Sure. Right, and,
1: right. and so if you leave your home confident that you have everything you, you need for today, you're not going to need the public charging. But it has definitely been a chicken and egg type right, of situation right. because people say, I don't want to buy an electric vehicle until I see that there's plenty of infrastructure right. Right. and public charging.
2: Especially when they're travel. that's that's the big one for the one you know i I drive one and that's what i see the the day-to-day is i'm fine you know i get 303 miles to a full charge it's just when you when When
0: you're out of your daily routine yep
2: when you're when you're traveling
1: which is a great point because here's what i want everybody to think about it's when you're traveling so you definitely want to hit the major corridors and interstate travel and because when you're traveling what i think people immediately think is we need one at every at every walmart at every retail store that it needs to be everywhere when a lot of those places are being visited by people that are local that have already charged Mm -hmm. and they're not traveling now
2: and and they're shopping centers and you're only getting so many miles per hour. They're level two. Right. So you're only getting Mm -hmm. 20 to 25 miles,
1: you know, for the charge when you're in there. Right. So you're not getting very much. (laughs) So I, and I think that, uh, so I think that what really matters is probably hotels restaurants, places that are on major corridors, um, like that. Um, Wake Electric does not have that that many of those commercial accounts um, that that we serve. And we don't really serve a major corridor. Um, We don't serve. In fact, I printed out a map. It's going to be great for our podcast (laughs) listeners that can't see this map. But uh, (laughs) I have a map of what is defined as North Carolina's alternative fuel corridors. And they're pretty much the major interstates. You see uh, Interstate 40, Interstate 77, Interstate 85, Interstate 95. You do have Highway 70 Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. on there. But those are major interstates. We don't serve those major interstates. So we have to make the decision, what is the right investment and where are people going to use it? Because one of the things that make designing electric vehicle charging stations important is to know is what we call... Utilization, meaning how often is it going to be used Mm -hmm. if it sits there? If we build a charging station that is capable of 150 kW, that's a big, significant transformer. That's a big, significant investment and load. And if it sits there and doesn't get used eight hours and then gets used for 20 minutes and then doesn't get used for another eight hours, right? The utilization of that is is really low, and that's one thing that we worry about as a rural electric. Do we have a place where we're going to have people that really want to, to travel through mm-hmm. and, and charge? Because the worst-case scenario is it sits for eight hours, and those 20 minutes are right during our peak. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: even worse.
1: And so yep. then you have the worst yep. utilization <laughs> yep. um, aspect. At the worst time. And, and so what I think that a lot of um, – companies and retailers are going to do are going to actually invest in their own level two charger just to put it out there in front to let them know that hey we we love ev drivers yep. we want you to come shop here we'll give you a place to sure. park and and that and those level two charging stations are not all that expensive they're a couple thousand dollars right but what this uh, what this money is for and i wrote down they have four requirements if you want to go get money you have to meet these four requirements you have to be within one mile of an alternative fuel corridor. So oh, wow. we don't that have that is limiting. So we serve one mile across we serve across Interstate 85. Right. But that's the closest we come to a major alternative right. um, corridor, which means we're limited in where we could we could go get this money. So one, yeah. we can't because we don't serve very much right. land near one of these corridors. You also have to accommodate power for DC solution. And what does that mean? It means that you have to be able to um, potentially hook it up to a renewable resource like solar or have battery Battery storage storage. on site. So you have to make it compatible that if a DC solution is installed nearby, you can take advantage of it. You can draw power from it and then that sort of thing. You also have to be able to charge four vehicles – At 150 kW each at the same time.
0: Wow. That's a lot. That
1: is, do the math, (laughs) 600 kW uh, of loads. This would be an expensive
0: facility. It is a big
1: facility, and it's meant for one of those places like you see Bucky's in the South where you have a Mm -hmm. lot of them lined up. They've got to be able to to. got like 12 or 14 of them. Yeah. 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 So it's got to do that. And the fourth thing, which isn't um, as important is that the person that puts it in still has to cover 20% of the total costs that the grant is only for 80%. But I think that's, that's interesting. That kind of describes who can go get that money and, is it a money maker? It might be for right. people that, that want to invest a large amount of money near, um, near an interstate uh-huh. corridor where a lot of people use, and they have to maintain it because I don't see anywhere in here where the infrastructure um, money takes care of ongoing maintenance. Right. That's a good point. And so you still have to run it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And you and you need a good person that's talented in writing you know to apply for the grant grant and then the the fear is competition is fierce and And compliance you know record you know requirements and
1: utilities have typically been pretty self-sufficient you know co-ops originally started by getting federal funding those were loans that were given to to co-ops so they could form but other than that we've been pretty self-sufficient i know there's a lot of broadband money being passed around in the cooperatives and that's And that's a worthwhile cause because broadband needs to be brought to rural America. The infrastructure bill for EVs tend to want to be next to major corridors, which for all the right reasons. Right. But one mile, I would, I mean that. Be within one mile of a corridor. Yeah. if you're going to have a station that big, yeah. you're not going to want to put it far off the right. road. Right. Well, it makes sense right.
0: for users. I mean, if you're, again, if the whole thing is like you're traveling down the interstate and you get to an exit and it says 10 miles to the nearest EV charger right. like you would like a gas station, you wouldn't turn off on that exit. Right. Mean, yeah. I wouldn't.
2: Yeah, yes. I wouldn't. But sometimes you don't know till you turn off, That's and you true. see well. it says 2.3 miles. <laughs> I've been called a couple of times. Yeah. I right. to right back
1: on. Just get right back <laughs> <laughs> on the interstate.
2: Right. but
0: So that makes <laughs> sense why Oh yeah, <laughs> they would I, I have seen that limitation that, from yeah, a convenience right. standpoint. Yeah.
1: I could see that. You're right. Yes. And obviously, this is all part of the government's uh, strategy to go to reduce emissions by to zero by 2050. Huh right? So uh, that's that's part of it. Um, so pros and cons of grant writing. One, you have to have a grant writer. <laughs> a you have to one. be pretty good yeah. at it because it's it's tough competition. Um, the pros are grants are free. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Even though this is for 80%, it's free money that you need to, uh, to get. Another pro of getting it is that I read that once you've gotten a few grants, your name kind of... It's nice. likely, so, yeah. likely, yeah, yep. likely to win more. you're likely to get uh-huh. more after that. And it helps a company that's maybe a startup company gain credibility. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. Yeah. We, we, yeah. Great minds think <laughs> alike. We're looking off the same sheet. So you know what the cons are. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you want to share?
2: Yeah. It, it goes back to kind of the complex reporting, right. you know, and all the, you know, everything you have to keep up with, the, the waiting time. You know, it's not yeah. just,
1: hey, you know, you send it in and two weeks later,
0: well, especially <laughs> yeah. not with that type of investment. Yeah.
1: You have to do so much work in the grant writing process right. that you kind of get hyped up yourself and say, okay, this is good. We got it. We got and it. Yeah. it. And then off. you send it in send it, and, yeah. you yeah. and you wait and you wait and you wait. And yeah. you
0: probably hear back. By the time you hear back, you're like, "What's this?"
1: And I, I will admit, I, I said that we're not, uh, we don't typically write grants, but we've teamed up with uh, our statewide association, mm-hmm. and Wake Electric is participating in a grant that we're waiting on right now for advanced grid operations. That yeah. that should that come to fruition, we'll be sure to do a podcast on. But, Absolutely, uh, we're excited about that. But anyway, I hope that is a is yeah. a good answer to questions. It's it's uh, it's pretty well spelled out what it can be used mm-hmm. for. Uh, wake electric doesn't have a good spot to put it in right and there's some pros and cons to doing it i think our best bet is to stick with educating our members on home charging and i think we have and that works we it, have yeah. more questions actually based on that right as we come down the list of questions here ah questions much better <laughs>
0: i didn't realize the other was the spooky version <laughs>
1: <laughs> what did you hit you with like Whoa? <laughs> I can't
2: I can't even do it. That's
1: just Okay. That. We're stuck we miss Halloween. you, Sean. Halloween will be here soon. Yes, so Sean, <laughs> we, we're having to uh, we're having to do this without Sean's, Sean's uh, beautiful job voice. Security
0: from me doing this questions bit. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> we can't do it without him. Now
1: we also have another uh, a person that has listened an awful lot, gives us great feedback. Yes, he list, he, he wrote a couple paragraphs here that that uh, we could talk about. So would somebody like to read what uh, my friend Jeff uh, sent us in last last month?
2: Yeah, I'll read the, the, the first one.
1: Um, I
2: always felt that the trusted co-op utility was the best place to hold and to own the data meter data, demand data, financial data, and payment data. What is the true place of the co-op in the EV world? Charging stations, incentive rates, customer education. You all are smart cookies. Thank you, <laughs> and are developing strategy you, <laughs> and developing strategy here, and certainly. Through rates and perhaps through load control, you'll have leverage with owners. But with the manufacturers and third parties like Weave Grid, not so much. Similar to the relationship between Exxon, Shell, etc., all in transportation manufacturers, no doubt. Anyway, there will be a robust third-party ecosystem.
1: Cool. Yes. Uh, this is introducing a lot of uh, interesting uh, thoughts. Obviously, the first question was about data and where it should reside and that is a top priority for so many organizations. We know the risk of, of cybersecurity issues. Mm-hmm. We are very, very protective of the personal information that we collect. Obviously, we have names, addresses um, for all of our members, so we can bill them, send them a bill, know mm-hmm. where their service is located. Yeah. Um, we try to we store that data in a completely different network than any of our other operational networks so if you were just looking up a, a meter reading or an outage or that you can do that without even getting to the, the member information in some of our systems and we keep it all separated and especially all of our operational systems with third parties like our our meter reading system our meter reading system they know generally where the meter is located, because they have to know which tower it needs to talk Mm -hmm. to, but they don't have the personal information. It's just the meter ID. It's just the meter ID. So anytime that we need to share data for research purposes, we strip all the personal information out of that, that file so that we're just looking at a meter ID and the interval data. And we do that and then we kind of aggregate it together. It'd be impossible for someone to disaggregate that and really make any any heads and tails of it. But we are obviously we our last episode we talked to the likes of Weavegrid. Yep. And WeaveGrid is a third party that is going to be having a direct communication with our members, have a direct relationship right. with right. our members.
0: And we talked about that the data privacy and how important that is. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. So we are we are going to we're going to experience that as we yep. go through our. Mem- we're telling our members in our terms and conditions: you are signing an agreement with a third party. We may uh, have long been your trusted, you know, partner oh. in this, but you, by signing up for this service, you do have to understand that you are uh, you are giving this data to WeaveGrid. It is interesting in that the data that WeaveGrid getting is getting is not necessarily the customer's data, right? It's Tesla's or it's Kia's right, or yeah. it's Toyota's data. It's through the vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So what the customer is saying in, in these in these EV charging uh, scenarios is, I will let Weave Grid have my car data. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting if you say it like that. It's not my data. It's my yeah. car's data. Yeah. yeah. And now the car data, um, the interesting part is when it gets to Weave Grid, it is being combined with personal information and now, yeah. that car data becomes personal information. Yep.
0: Because you're charging it at home.
1: That's right. Yep. Um, we get to see that list of enrollment, and we would sign up that customer uh, and say they are enrolled. From that point on, we... We take a meter ID, assign it to that account, and from that point on, the meter ID and the interval data is really the bulk of what the reports um, yep. will have on it. So we're we're doing that. But it is a, it is going to be an interesting world as data yep. continues to be shared, and Wake Electric is just going to go through every step it can to make sure that the personal information that we collect is completely private in all the applications yep. and all the partners that we have. In that the so if you look at this scenario, weave grid's only getting the personal information because the member is giving them yep. the person. It's not wake their giving name them. and yes. Yeah. So, is there, there's another question? You want to go and hit the the second part of his question?
2: Interesting time for co-ops as they think about the EV load. Wake, as usual, is directly on target with its ten six rate structure. Other utilities hearing the gloom and doom of capacity shortages and high power retail power cost must come up with active strategies that address whatever power supply future they each see. That includes moving the majority of the EV load to off-peak. If, indeed, there's a shortage of power at affordability rates, affordable rates, utilities, including co-ops, will have no other choice. Right. Yeah.
1: We've talked about this a lot. Yeah. And and <clears throat> I, I think that I continue to get more optimistic as we go along. Um, one, the diversity of load of charging mm-hmm. is is an important factor that can't be overlooked. Know that a, a transformer that's rated at twenty five kva is really rated to to handle a pretty continuous load at close to one hundred forty percent of that. But we try to keep it well below that. So right. so we've built some some room and capacity into the system to to protect the transformers. I think that uh, some things that rural customers will have to realize is that we originally built lines in the 40s 50s and 60s to handle a farmhouse you know that that was a few lights in a barn and that barn might now be converted to a Barn Dominium. Yeah, with yes. two <laughs> Tesla's in A, yeah. A Barn Dominium. I just heard that. <laughs> barn- I just That's heard, popular. There, I just oh, heard, I
0: thought you made that up.
1: No, <laughs> it's for. <laughs> I heard Barn Dominium for the yeah. first time this week as well, and now you're saying it, Kirk. Yeah. Wow. I mean, wow. people are. I didn't realize you were savvy yeah. like that. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> 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 no, he's on it. He's on yeah. Barnum Indians. The, the curve. This person was talking about a barn that's turned into a party area in
2: yeah. their home. It's, yeah. That means is that people, cool. it's, it's amazing. YouTube it. You'll see. I'm like, <laughs>
1: wow. So if I built a piece of 8A copper, which, by the way, is 6A, 8A, uh, these are just sizes of, of cable. I, if I told you it was the the diameter of an ink pen, oh. okay, a <laughs> copper line that was meant to serve loads like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and now suddenly they put yes. an EV charger in there. That's huh. going to we're we're yeah. not only going to have to protect the transformer. We've got to build a new line to yeah. probably support at yeah. that as we go forward. Um, and it'll all be about and at that, that point it'll be about once again utilization. Yeah. How often do they charge? Yeah. Is it is it, it twenty four hours a day? If it's twenty four yeah. hours a day, we got big problems. If it's oh, not yeah. twenty four hours a day, we just now need to educate our members. And one of the things that he says at the end of this question is that we may at some point have no choice but to manage charging right, right. Yeah. and it's and we're going to try to educate and try to yeah. tell people to move their their schedule around but i've said this before if you're sitting at a game in carter finley and your cell phone is a little bit slower than it normally is yep that is mainly because the network can't network. handle it right. and and the phones are made to kind of throttle what yeah. they give you at that point. And I kind of see that one day we'll be in that mode where people will learn to accept the fact that my charging might be slower at certain yeah. times right. if I try to do it in during peak at times. But we're going to do our best to not yeah. have to go there. And, and I don't want to go there until I've ac- absolutely tried everything we mm-hmm. can on yeah. our side to help manage and help educate our customers in doing and so. And the
2: EVs are so smart now. You just go on and say, hey, right. start the charge at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. That's right, And then when, I mean, you know, you wake up and, but I want to tell you real quick, when you talk about the example of the cell phones and everything, the best analogy that, uh, you've given was about the free weekends and so you remember when cell phones first came yeah, out about right.
1: that was, that was amazing. I don't remember yeah. that. G- give the example real quick. Well, again when, for the listeners. when the, when cell phones first came around, uh, the, I'm now, first came around i'm saying late 90s um they were around before that yeah. but people started using them more and they started offering free nights and weekends to try to get everybody to to start moving their traffic to evening uh, times and weekends yeah. and and i was saying that, and that we could potentially get to a time where we could have unlimited charging at certain times of the day right. because yeah. we know that our peaks are not going to be strained at that point yeah. and we could offer you know, a, a bulk rate. You know, a yeah. single rate of twenty dollars a month. As long as you charge between these hours, you can charge as much yeah. as you want. Essentially free beyond yeah. beyond that uh, base charge. So, I mean, that's that's still the types of incentives yeah. that we're leaning yeah. toward first, for sure.
2: Yeah, I just thought that was cool because it worked. Yeah, people wouldn't. You know, they'd be like, "I'll call you on Saturday," or "I'll call you after nine o'clock." You know?
1: Yes, <laughs> I mean i wow. would do it because you only got like 30 or 60 minutes you know right yeah and then it was See, free i'm <laughs> old i went through college when there were no cell phones with and the there beeper. was and it the, was long distance for yeah. no it was all landline phones and it was long distance rates oh long oh. distance oh. to think that i had oh my gosh it was cost me 10 cents a minute calling in college do you remember the the calling cards you get like six hundred minutes from yes. like MCI or what? Wow. Oh my god! And so to go to free nights and weekends was like suddenly long distance became free. Yeah. Hey mom yeah. and dad, now we're spoiled. can you send me a little
2: bit of money? I was going to say
0: college <laughs> students really got really got that one.
1: Yeah. Now we're uh, now we're spoiled, <laughs> all you youngins. All right. We also have a couple questions from uh, from Dale.
0: Got any good lightning stories? What's designed into the grid to protect it from the wrath of Zeus?
1: Well,
2: let's answer the first one. Good lightning stories. I've got a great one oh, and wow. if uh, um, if we have any NC State listeners out there they'll they'll know what I'm talking about. Um, last Saturday at the, the football game, NC State was playing Notre Dame, and the weather got pretty wild and crazy with the thunder and the lightning and the the raining cats and dogs. Well, NC State just installed a new 15 million dollar you know scoreboard. <laughs> First game and everything, lo and behold, it was struck by lightning. Oh. And took it out for like 20 or 30, you know, minutes. It's, it's working now, but NC State fans, people they know that follow them, it's a saying out there NC State stuff, like something bad. You I was going to say occur. if you were superstitious, yeah.
0: this would be a pretty And everybody mind. in the parking
2: lot, we were all, you know, we got in our vehicles and then after the lightning and we got back underneath the tents and everybody in the parking lots were like, oh, that's some NC State, you know, brand new scoreboard gets struck by lightning. So, um, so that's, that, that's one of my, that was a, I thought about that question that Dale asked and I was I like, mean, I'm going to talk about that on a podcast. This Cause whole that's crazy. Podcast was based <laughs> on,
1: uh, the lightning box yeah. uh, as well. So we've got that. We're just still waiting for that story to happen. Yeah, and
2: and somebody's going to invent that. He's the entire podcast. Some some, uh, scientist is going to invent that, and and we'll be
1: good. And for those that have not listened to episode one, Kirk believes that one day we'll be able to capture a lightning bolt in a box and store that energy. It's a
0: legacy of Now, it's not
1: going to be a cardboard box, all right? But No one thought that. (laughs) But the way it's like in a box.
0: I'm picturing Kirk out there like Benjamin Franklin with like like a shoebox, like he Is like a
1: key on a kite.
2: <laughs> the second question. Wait, wait. Uh, this, what? Oh, 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 oh yeah, wait, yeah. What's wait. design? I have a good lightning story.
1: Oh, I just want to – this is more – this is educational. Okay. Uh, you know, you can go online and do interesting lightning stories and hear about people that have been struck seven, eight times. Yeah. I saw and all that. that, yeah. But uh, this is just for educational purposes. People think that um, wood is not a conductor, but obviously we've seen many times that trees – I was
0: going to say, if you stand under trees, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Trees get hit by lightning, and um, for a while, and, and part of my career, I was keeping track of surge protection, and we were we were trying to help people protect sensitive electronics in their homes. And we had a home that just about every outlet in their house blew out of the wall from a lightning strike, but it didn't strike the house. It struck a tree next to the house, and they had determined that the tree obviously if. Wood is not a conductor, but wood with water in it oh. can be a conductor oh, okay. from the so, rain. Yeah. So yeah. especially if it's raining hard and you've got yeah. any hollow, you know, conduits through the right. tree, lightning can just flow right through the tree. Oh and that there was a root that had grown into the the crawl space. <laughs> oh my of their God. house <laughs> and into their into their the bottom of their panel box, and that and the lightning oh traveled gosh. down through the tree. Wow. down through the roots, up into their electric system, and basically blew every That's every nuts. wall socket God. out of their house. God, you can imagine what that experience must have been <laughs> that, like. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that and then, would have been. Mm. And then it's what's designed into the grid to protect it from the wrath of Zeus.
2: Goddess of the night. <laughs> Goddess Nix. She's more powerful than Zeus. That's who's protecting our grid. You, you look that up, <laughs> Goddess Nyx. Yep, Goddess Nyx. She's the goddess of the night. She, she protects. She's she's going to protect our grid. Okay. She's more powerful than Zeus. You know what this
0: sounds like? I this didn't sounds even like five hundred years ago. If you asked just someone, like, "Hey, like, what protects you from lightning?" You'd be like like the gods and stuff, you yeah. know? Yeah. Don't worry about
2: it. Yeah, Great. The, Great.
1: the earth is flat. Don't worry
2: about it. Well, he said Zeus, the wrath of Zeus. So- All right, so, but mm-hmm. uh,
1: well, we do have a lot of lightning protection in our grid. I, I gave a couple substation tours uh, a couple weeks ago and explained to everybody that, that if you go to see a substation, you'll typically see a lightning rod. Mm-hmm. A lightning rod will be the highest point in the station. And then if you follow the lightning rod, I mean, you think, why do you want lightning to hit right. something in the station? Yeah. Well, you, you just you resign to the fact that it's going to hit somewhere in the right. station. Yeah. Might you might as want well, to well dictate it. It. Yeah. So where it so hits. So you dictate yeah. where the lightning's going to hit, and at the if you follow that lightning rod, that lightning rod will come down to some heavy copper cable that goes directly down to the ground. And then what you don't see, you you typically see a gravel um, substation. Mm-hmm. If you were to go several feet under that gravel. You would find a grid of rebar, and that at, that rebar goes lengthwise and horizontally, and yeah. it just go and it's a, it is literally a grid that's tied together and is a perfectly formed grid that those lightning rods are attached to to make sure that when the lightning hits, it gets to the ground before it gets to any of our sensitive electronics. Wow! That's... And so, uh, and so we. We we have that obviously in place, and lightning can hit anywhere. Yeah. But how does lightning protect your home? I mean, most people you'll you'll know that we have ground rods. You're not going to uh-huh. put a lightning rod on your house mainly because you don't expect lightning to hit most structures. Yeah. Um, right. But there are there are grounding rods. It's a it's part of the code and your electrical code. And a grounding rod is simply an eight foot copper rod that is that is driven into the ground it's connected into your electric system and that's set up that if your house gets hit by lightning it's supposed to take it to ground in a very similar way We you know supposed that to. It's, yeah, supposed it's supposed to, to yeah. but lightning is lightning it's gonna yeah. Go. oh yeah it's gonna go where it wants to go sometimes yeah. um but yeah and and that's a pretty simple and if you ever yeah. feel like you need more protection you drive more ground rods and yeah. and this is really interesting in the south where sometimes the soil gets more sandy you have to have more ground rods. You can't just right. do one. It kind of depends on your soil. So oh. find that out if oh. you if you really want to protect. Do, your
2: well, do we have to replace the rod in the substation? Like, we, you mean we like have, if it gets hit, like get if it gets out? you know hit by lightning, would they, we have to replace? That's the, a
1: great question. I don't know that we've I've ever always needed wondered to. about I was
2: that. Say has yeah, it because you that? would think would it, it would it do some damage? I, mean, I don't know. It's I meant just, to be a conductor, so it's
1: meant yeah. to. Pass it on through. Yeah. It's not meant to store it and burn it or anything like that. It's meant right. to, right? Okay, pass just it to on pass through. it on through. Okay, yeah, that's right.
0: It'd be a bad system if it was like a one use only. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Then we're yeah. Do well, this I mean, up and do know, it I, again. I, I just there are. Just, well, <laughs> we talk, we're talking about surge protection now. A <laughs> uh, surge protector, if it gets hit by lightning and, right. and and uses it, it it, it sacrifices itself to yeah. protect the equipment. There's what we call an MOV. It's a metal oxide varistor. I'm going to fact check that, but All I think right. it's a metal oxide varistor, <laughs> and it's meant to burn up, and it is your connection between your equipment and the circuit. So if that gets destroyed, the MOV gets destroyed, that surge protector is no longer any good, but it's done its job. Right. So sometimes you might get a single use yeah. out of that. So good good point. Uh, last question.
0: I'll go ahead. Okay, so this is also from Dale. I was listening to the latest podcast in which someone mentioned that WEMC is member-owned and that members voted. My imagination jumped to the possibility that in the period before the co-op meeting we would be hearing campaign ads for the board on the podcast. Then I had a chuckle when my imagination jumped to putting the directors on the spot to advocate for their for their election. Yeah.
1: You know, it <laughs> it may cause a chuckle but technically could could occur. Yeah. We are Uh, run by a board of directors, and that board is elected by our membership. So all of our members do get a vote in who our board members are. We have a very tested process, though, that has made it so that we don't typically have uh, really disputed elections very often. Um, The reason that is is we have a couple different ways that you can become a board member. One is by petition, um, yep. So you would go out and get members' petitions. That, that process is typically on websites um, yep. that they can find that out. The other way is to be nominated by a nominating committee. We have a group of, of committee members that meet each year that we have an open space, and they would nominate someone from the community to do that. When when we get that nomination and we've seen no other petitions, that person is usually put on the slate as a, in, in a non-competitive um situation which is typically what happens right. uh, the most uh, the the probably the way we get most of our board members is through the nominating committee yeah. now if we have any reason for a board member to step down pass away and leave in the middle of a term the board itself gets to appoint someone to fill out that term and and then at the end of the term the the members would elect whether that that person should stay, it on. Should stay, stay yeah. on or not, yeah. and that is done at our annual meeting. We have an annual meeting the last Friday of every March, yep. and and whenever there is a term that is ending, our membership will vote uh, at that meeting. If there is only a single person running, then it will be voted by saying "I." And, yep. <laughs> he, and they will yep. they will approve the slate of nominees. Or if there is going to be a competitive um, vote, that can, that can be done by ballot yep. um, and will be counted. So it is uh, possible that someone could campaign. But the way that our process uh, has been going for many, many years, it's worked very well to have them appointed by a nominating committee and then uh, voted in by our membership. Yep. So, yep. So, so great question. Yeah. Yeah, all right.
2: of them are great. This this was fun. I, I yeah. enjoyed it. You know,
1: it it took a little bit of the the pressure off of a, of a main topic because yeah. we want to do what people. So I guess this is our cue to tell people to continue to write us, send us in yes, questions, yeah. please.
2: Yes, call, leave us a voicemail with a question. We can play it. An email. Over, that's right. An email. All those things. Everything. <laughs> Call us Oh here we go everybody Alright you listeners Please we want you To reach out to us yes. <laughs> Sorry about that Alright You can reach us by calling us at 919-863-6331 Or emailing us At Energy At wmc.com We ask that you follow us on Huh I wonder if I should call it X now Because I've been calling it Twitter. No. Okay. Twitter at Changing Capital NRG. Facebook at Changing Capital NRG. We're on Spotify, Apple, iTunes. Please leave us some feedback. Send us some questions. We'd love to hear from you. We really would. Think about how awesome this episode was. All right. I'm signing out now.
1: Later. (laughs) Nice work. Nice. So somehow we've got to do our ending, and we don't have Sean. All right, Maria. So, Maria, you are the closest voice we have to Sean. (laughs) Remember.
0: (laughs) I know. Sean's going to listen and be like, what What the hell?
1: Well, let's give this a try. Here we go. (laughs) Let's give it a try.
0: Thank you for listening to the Changing Energy podcast. Our broadcast team consists of Don, Kirk, Sean, and Maria, with special appreciation for our producer, Ira Osby, Leanna Crumpler, artistic and social media guru, Deshaun Gibbs, music and everyday smiles. We look forward to joining you for joining us on our next podcast. Until then, keep the energy going.
1: Not bad. Not bad. Not good.
2: Woo, getting a headache, man. How long is that thing going to play? That's, uh, that's going to have to do
1: that again. I don't Two know how to... Intro. So I need to, I need to stop it, turn it down. I need to turn it down, stop it, turn it back up, hit harp. It's, it's hard.
0: Okay, so then as soon as it's harp, then it's questions.
1: Yeah. Okay. We're still... Yeah, we're still... We're still recording. Oh. Okay, here we go. We're a
2: little rusty. It's been, what, a few weeks? Shh. Anyway, <laughs> there any. will be a robust third party. <laughs> I can't even talk right now. Robots? All right. <laughs> cut, <laughs> pause, pause for a place that for me threw, to cut. Look, I was reading any, I'm sorry.